This week on the Drew Goodman Podcast with Julie Brownman. More bad officiating. The officials are interjecting themselves so frequently in games and affecting outcomes. A new feeling about the Broncos. Optimism. This is the first time I felt like, okay, I think we can work with this. When you listen to some of the exit quotes from the players, they're optimistic. Drew and Julie standout athletes from 2019. It's very unusual for young defensemen uh, to become elite um, as a young defenseman. He has already. And a standout gesture. Sometimes it's a little cliche. They went above and beyond. This is the Drew Goodman Podcast with Julie Brownman. It's time for the percolator. It's time for the percolator. Boys Coffee. We're going to get Which is an official sponsor of the Colorado Rockies and now official sponsor of the Drew Goodman Podcast. Right. It's a big uh, deal because we love coffee. Yeah, and of course, Ideal Home Loans, who's been with us from day one. They're outstanding. So mm-hmm. Ideal Home Loans and and our good friends at Boyer's Coffee. We'll tell you all about them later. And they're terrific, and you and I love coffee. Yes, we do. Okay, so New Year's Eve, before we get into a lot to talk about on this podcast, is New Year's Eve a, a big um, one for you? The more people I talk to, the more people are say, oh, it's amateur hour. Yeah, I mean, over the last bunch of years, New Year's Eve is where you kind of hang out close to home with maybe good friends, play a board game, hang out if you make it to midnight. Um, you know, it was, a, it was a good New Year's Eve. Mm. Stay close to home. I am the days of going out on New Year's Eve. I can't tell you the last time I quote unquote like went out on New Year's Eve. How about you? Um, I don't. So this year I'm going downtown just with a big, big group of people, and then we're gonna watch the fireworks, the nine o'clock fireworks. I don't think we're gonna make it to the midnight fireworks. Oh, there's two. There's levels? two. There's one. Yeah, there's people for people like the us middle, at there's nine. There's the middle age nine o'clock. <laughs> yes. Um, Fireworks, and, and then, then there's the young, there's a young something midnight, crowd. Yeah. Um, but New Year's Eve used to be, I used to love. Do you have any great New Year's Eve stories? Only in that I just always wanted to make out with people because it was the one holiday that yeah. you could, right? At midnight, oh. you're supposed to kiss somebody. So I just was like, this is my holiday. This is great. And well, you can. When did you stop taking advantage of that? A long time ago. A long time ago. A year ago? No, no, a long time ago. Two years ago. Um. I will tell you one story, and then you owe me a story, and you are our podcast listeners a story. So um, I, I was at a in Steamboat. It was midnight. You look around, you're like, who can I make out with? Because that's what you're supposed to do. Walk up to this random guy, cute guy. We make out, and you know it's the time we're supposed to exchange names, and he's like, you can find me on MySpace. My name's Whiskey Dog. <laughs> so you wait a second. So you're making out with a guy, and then after making out with them, you go, oh, by the way, what's your name? Yeah. Because it happens that quick. And his because name it's like is five Whiskey Dog? On MySpace. Was that tells like, you how long ago it was. It was MySpace. Was he like a bounty hunter? <laughs> I don't what do you mean know. Whiskey Dog? I was supposed to look him up on, that was his, that was his, remember MySpace from a billion years ago? It was before Facebook. Yeah. So that was his profile, Whiskey Dog. So this was last year? You're making no. out with some guy named Whiskey Dog? It's like up in so Steamboat? long ago. So it's it was, like two, as I said. Yeah. That's a good story. I like that, Julie. I know. a little insight into what you're all about. So, um. Yes. Go on. You owe us a story. This goes back to either I was 22 or 20. No, actually, I was 23. I was living in Aspen and. Highfalutin. Yeah. Yeah. It was my first television job. I've never told the story. First television job out of college was with KSB and TV in Aspen. It was the main studio was in Aspen and it was also on. uh, We had a veil bureau and it was on the cable systems in Denver. 
It's a great gig. It was an unbelievable. I could start anywhere. I mean, I was sending tapes to like Jackson, Mississippi. I'm sending tapes to places I wouldn't wish upon my worst enemy, with all due respect to those people in Jackson. <laughs> and I end up in Aspen. It was unbelievable. I was up there for 19 months, two ski seasons. And as you know, I love to ski. Big. Did skier. they give you a pass as part of your gig? Um, we uh, we could get as back then. The Aspen Ski Company didn't own Highlands, mm -hmm. so we would ski Highlands for a really good price, season pass, and then the ski company would take care of us, and so I would ski Aspen Mountain and and, and Snowmass a little bit. I love skiing Ajax, but uh, yeah, it was awesome. And I was doing early morning sports then on the news, uh -huh. so I was I was up at like three thirty in the morning, and then after I was doing, I was I was free at like eight thirty nine in the morning, so I'd go skiing. It's a pretty good gig. So Hotel Jerome is where a lot of the locals hung out, and now the stars. Yeah. And, Clearly, we weren't one of them. Right. So I remember one um, New Year's Eve, uh, me and a buddy, uh, he was out from New York. Um, and we were, all I remember is we were on the Hotel J Bar, on the bar, uh -huh. in our underwear, dancing. And, and down to your skivvies. We were in, yeah. And, um, <laughs> So then I remember, I remember getting back somehow, I don't, whatever time of day, I'm, it's middle of the night and there was like dollar, there was like a few dollar bills and, and there was like, I, there was some change somewhere and I was like, well, somebody could, didn't think I was worthy of a full dollar bill. Here's 35 cents. Here's like, yeah, it was like 12 cents. You get off That's the stage. That's Here, a we'll good pay night. Just, yeah, it was a good night. See, we've had some good New Year's Eves. I wasn't making out with some girl named Whiskey Dog. It was a guy that. named Whiskey Dog. Okay, let's clarify that. Um, all right, so there's our New Year's Eve stories. Feel free to share the DrewGoodenPodcast.com. Go to the contact page and maybe share your fun New Year's Eve story. Yeah. College football, which I know is a passion of yours. Are you excited about the national championship game? I, I think right now, I mean, obviously I'm a baseball guy. I love, 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 love college football. I, I so much more prefer college football now to the NFL. I'm not saying I don't. I, I'm a football guy too, but we've we've talked about this. The college football semifinal games, Julie. Obviously, LSU blew out Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. Joe Burrow seven touchdown passes. You know, ran for another one. It, it, it was a blowout. That second game, though, Clemson and Ohio State, two unbeaten's, two long winning streaks. Phenomenal game. A phenomenal, you just wish it didn't end. I mean, every once in a while, right, you watch a sporting event, you go, this is such great theater. I hope it goes overtime. I hope it goes extra innings. You know, you're on the edge of your seat. That was a phenomenal game. I always, it seems like more frequently, Jules, I keep coming back to this where I get so frustrated, though, where the officials are interjecting themselves so frequently in games and affecting outcomes, and you again, you've heard me pontificate about only throw a flag if it's an egregious violation of a rule, as opposed to oh, you know, look like he grabbed his arm a little bit or is tugged on his jersey. Let those go. Well, this one, the Clemson kid makes a catch with his hands, takes four, not two, takes four strides. He never pulls it to his body, where there's no rule you have to pull it to your body. He clearly has the ball, gets knocked loose. Ohio State kid picks it up, runs for a touchdown. Second half, huge play. Mm -hmm. And the officials on the field, they call it a touchdown. They reversed it upstairs. Terrible. Bad. And that and that drove me crazy. And then there was 
there was they have to clean up this um, targeting rule. I understand trying to take the head out and reduce concussions. I completely understand that. But there has to be levels of. They threw this Ohio State kid out in the first half for, you know, a big hit on on Trevor Lawrence. Now he he kind of lower at the last moment he lowers his body. You got a guy running a four five at you and all of a sudden he lowers and now there's there's helmet to helmet. Mm-hmm. He didn't deserve to get thrown out. If you're gonna call it a targeting, okay. I, I could see it as really just a really good hit. Mm-hmm. Because Lawrence was down for a moment or two. I think that's why they call it. Anyhow, going forward, I hope that doesn't uh, occur anymore. But it was a phenomenal game. Two great, great teams in Clemson, Ohio State. So you're pumped up, though, for the national championship Absolutely, game, right? Because LSU, um, I, I had LSU a couple of years ago, uh, a couple of times late in the year. And LSU has always, has always been that team that has great, great athletes, Julie, and offensively, you know, defensively they played, they were good, but offensively they always seem to be lacking. Now with Joe Burrow, I mean, they're exciting offensively. They continue to be dominant defensively. And you have a Clemson team, which, I mean, they've become the new Alabama, right? The last mm-hmm. couple of years, it's been more about Clemson than, than Alabama. I think it's going to be a phenomenal matchup. You can't, the best you couldn't have gone wrong whether it was Ohio State Mm-hmm. And and LSU or Clemson and LSU. Do you think this is going to grab the nation? Yes, absolutely. Just like I mean, Alabama Clemson did last year. I don't remember what the numbers were, but you know, I know it ended up a, a lopsided game. But I think people are going to be really excited about that. Speaking of grabbing the nation, well, at least maybe grabbing Denver. I think the Broncos. I think the Broncos are headed in the right direction. We are going to talk about that in one second. I really do. I feel good. I feel good about the Broncos. I think for the first time all season and the season's over. This is the first time I felt like, okay, I think we can work with this. I love the way you said that because I think you're 100% right. The more people feel good about the Broncos now that the season's over and are more optimistic than at any point this year, even going back to prior to game one. We're going to talk about that in one second. But now we want to tell you about our new sponsor, which is Boyer's Coffee, which is exciting because, you know, I work at Adams County Fire Rescue, which is over at 80th and Washington. Well, Boyer's Coffee, I don't know. You hadn't ever been there. It's at 7295 Washington Street. It's an old schoolhouse. And um, there is. okay. so there's nothing wrong with the chain coffee places because I drink those a lot. But there's something really, really wonderful about supporting local coffee places. And that's why I'm excited to have Boyers. It's an, it's an authentic place because now I've been there with you a couple of times and um, Caitlin, who's their marketing director, is awesome. It, there, there's something about coffee shops in general, but I, I think there's something you, very unique to the Boyers shop and, and two things. One, it's, it's local. Mm-hmm. Um, they're really in touch with um, being good community citizens, not only locally, but globally. And their coffee is outstanding. And I'm one of those people I could hang. I love their place up there on the north side. Um, I I could hang out there all day with my computer and and you go through, you know, three Americanos and a little something to eat Mm -hmm. and I'd be a happy camper. Yeah. I mean, if you like to support local companies, this is why we're excited about Boyer's. They've been roasting coffee in the Rocky Mountains since 1965. The beans are slow roasted at altitude. Some of their top selling coffees, which I've had them all, Rocky Mountain Thunder Coffee, Hazelnut, Kona Blend, French Vanilla, Current Flavor of the Month, Peppermint Cream. And you can get them in in the local markets, and they're a huge sponsor of the Colorado Rockies. And they're local, 
and they're outstanding. So um, excited that they're they're on board with us. So big, big fans of Boyer's Coffee. They'll be sponsoring our What's Hot segment of the Drew Goodman podcast. What's hot? Can you believe it? The Denver Broncos. How about that? They've won four out of five. We never would have said that earlier, and we kind of touched on this a moment ago. All of a sudden, not just, I think, with the community of Bronco fans and Bronco country, but when you when you listen to some of the exit quotes from the players, they're optimistic about next year. Legitimately optimistic, not just saying what you're supposed to say. They've won four out of five games, and I think a lot of it, Julie, centers around, as it often does in football, the quarterback. He's played really well in Drew Locke, right? Mm-hmm. He's played well, and I've said it before when we've talked about him. He has moxie to him. You know, I would even I would argue a little bit in that. So he's four and one as a starter. I don't think he's played fantastic. I think his numbers are relatively pedestrian, but he's done enough to for the Broncos to win. And more than you know, in the past, it's been just be a game manager. And that's for a Bron- for the Broncos. We had John Elway. We had Peyton Manning. I don't want a game manager. I want a quarterback that helps you win. He's done enough to help the Broncos win. He hasn't been that guy that makes so many mistakes, so many turnovers, that he helps the Broncos to lose. And I agree. I, it does sound cliche, but he's got something. He has something in him. I don't know if it's the it factor. I don't know if it's moxie. His teammates believe in him. And this is – think about this. He's played five games – that's his starting level. That's where we're starting. He was hurt during the year. He was practicing with the scout team, and he still went four and one as a starter. Imagine what he can do when he has a whole a whole off season, OTAs and training camp, and he's got more reps. I think in the off season he wanted to you know sit down with Peyton Manning and John Elway. I mean, let's think about that. Yeah. What he's done with barely anything, right? And. If you look at the guys who are really successful right now, I know Tom Brady's 42 and he's taken some of the lumps. I think they have receiver issues in, in New England. I'll talk about the Patriots. But all of the guys where you go, here's the next generation of guys you'd want under center or in the shotgun. We talked a lot about you know what Baltimore has going uh, right now, clearly. Um, but Russell Wilson, guy who can move. Um, Drew Locke can move. He can move the launch point. He can scramble and, and pick up, you know, ten yards, that sort of thing. You're gonna you're seeing more athletically gifted quarterbacks rather than, you know, Phillip Rivers is seven yards deep in the pocket and you know where to find him. Eli Manning, seven yards deep. Even the great Peyton Manning, the great Tom Brady, this new ilk of quarterback is is more going to resemble the attributes of what Drew Locke can bring. So I'm excited about it. I really am. Okay. So get any surprises with, here's some unrestricted free agents. We know obviously we're going to see Drew Locke coming back, but uh, Chris Harris Jr., Derek Wolf, Justin Simmons, Will Park, Shelby Harris, Adam Gotsis, Devontae Booker, Connor McGovern, and Casey Kreider. Any surprises in there that will not be back? Oh, you, you never keep everybody. No. Chris Harris is going to be interesting to watch. Derek Wolf. There's an old line is that you're very familiar with in sports, especially football. You'd rather let a guy go a year early than a year late. And you know, Chris Harris didn't play at an all-pro level this year. Chris Harris would tell you he didn't play at an all-pro level. That's an interesting one. It, it, it comes down to dollars. Um, can you keep Chris Harris in the fold for what would be a reasonable 
um, amount of money, and would he be amenable to that? The same thing goes for Derek Wolf. I'd like to see those two guys back. Justin Simmons, you got to bring Justin, back. Without question, Justin Simmons. Uh, Justin Simmons had, uh, you know, you could probably make an argument Justin Simmons was the MVP of your defense. Yeah. Shelby Harris was pretty damn good, too. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to come back. Connor McGovern, I feel like um, if you – this offensive line has just – it never looks the same from year to year. He's a young player. I thought I was pretty happy with what he did, right? I mean, think about what was going on around him. I also think People were played, dropping left and right. You know, you, you made a really good point. I think, Julie, it, it, what Drew Locke's done the last few weeks seems to up, – has uplifted not only um, you know the fan base, but it's uplifted the roster. And I feel like they've blocked better They probably him. want to. Right. You know, right. there's a little more – Let's go, man. We got a guy now. Mm-hmm. And and so I feel like they've been better up front. They need to continue to get better. We know that. So that's your What's Hot segment brought to you by Boyer's Coffee. Now, what we want to do with Boyer's Coffee is give you a chance Just to drink win. drink it. <laughs> drink it. Is to win a $50 gift certificate to Boyer's. That's a lot of coffee. That's a lot right? of coffee. So here's all you have to do. Just go to the DrewGoodmanPodcast.com. There's a tab in the right-hand corner that says Contact. Go to the contact tab and just tell us what is what's in what does sports and coffee have in common? What does sports and coffee have in common? Mm-hmm. And the most creative answer gets a fifty dollar gift certificate to Boyer's Coffee. We'll win a fifty dollar gift certificate to Boyer's Coffee. You'll That's be the really Drew Goodman happy. Podcast Hey, speaking of the Drew Goodman Podcast we did get a question, and this is where can you tap dance for me for one second so I can so find you can it. Look it up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's I'm, your tap still, dancing? No, uh, I'm still every my mind keeps going back to Whiskey Dog and Steve. <laughs> I don't know why, but it does. What a lucky character! <laughs> I wonder. Do you think whiskey... he's doing a podcast somewhere talking about his favorite uh, night <laughs> out on New Year's Eve? Drew, that had to be at least twenty years ago. I don't even know if Whiskey Dog's still alive. I I don't know. How old was he? You like sucking face with some eighty-three-year-old guy? <laughs> I don't really remember. This is from Bruce Grigsby. Okay. Rocky's New Year's resolutions. We're going to do our New Year's resolutions a little bit later in the podcast. To continue enjoying a healthy dose of being a passionate fan of a great organization, stand up in front of the TV for a Rocky's closer with two outs in the ninth, drop the inevitable verbal bomb on a misplay and shout yes on a great one. Above all, take some pride in the value of loyalty in good times and in bad. Those are Bruce's New Year's resolutions. Big Rocky's fan. Big Rocky's fan. Right. Um, Listen. We, we hope to be chatting about a bounce-back year for the Rockies. Two good years, and then last year obviously did not go uh, in any way, shape, or form as anybody would like. 71-win team, but uh, hopefully they bounce back this year. So I'm on board with Bruce. We'll do our resolutions a little bit later in the show. But as it is the end of the year, a lot of attention being paid to you know the AP, AP Male Athlete of the Decade is LeBron James. The AP Female athlete of the decade is Serena Williams. I saw on your Twitter. Did did you throw out Lindsey Vaughn? I did. It, Preston Wilson, who's a who's a great follow, the former Rocky, formerly played for a number of teams, terrific uh, major league player, and a guy with a great social conscience, um, super bright guy. So if you're you know if you're on Twitter, follow follow P Dub Preston Wilson, and he had tweeted out that you know it was a no brainer, Serena, and I tweeted out that. Serena's otherworldly and and you absolutely couldn't go wrong selecting Serena who you could make a significant argument is the greatest female tennis player of all time you know you're probably going to have Martina in there you know Chrissy in there but 
Let's just leave it at that. She's phenomenal. My my tweet was not to take anything away from Serena's greatness, but I said, hey, you know, you could make a great case also for Lindsey Vaughn, who is the greatest female skier of all time, and her decade mm-hmm. was this decade. Somebody else had had tweeted out, "Hey, Michaela Schifrin is going to, you know, outdo hers is maybe next." Yeah, but, but but you're right, Julie. Hers is is part of this decade and is going to be probably a significant portion of the next, the twenties, right? If you will. Uh, but Lindsey Vaughn dominated her sport just like Serena did, mm-hmm. like nobody we've seen before. Two very strong women, for sure, Serena Williams and Lindsey Vaughn. As you know, Lindsey was in the news the other day because she proposed to her boyfriend, P.K. Subin. Yeah, and um, actually, that was kind of interesting because I thought they were already engaged. Well, no, I want to know what you think about her proposing to him. That stuff used to happen to me all the time. (laughs) I lived in Aspen. I had like six different proposals. I mean, it was like every Friday night. Did you see stars out a lot when you lived in Aspen? Did you see Goldie Hawn and um, what's his name? Kurt Russell? Yeah. Yeah, You'd see them out. Uh Interviewed Goldie Hawn a couple times. Uh Interviewed President Ford. Remember, we had a veil bureau and the late President Ford I got to interview a couple of times, which was really pretty cool, you know. Yeah. Mr. President. Right. That was wild. Good guy. Um, You know who I'd see out a lot, especially back then? It was nightclubs and stuff. George Hamilton. Oh, he, he had the mole. Well, George Hamilton had the mole, and George Hamilton always was. It got out like came out of the tanning bed on his way out. <laughs> right, right. He was he was um, he was ubiquitous in Aspen back then. What's the big place in Aspen that you, the Caribou Club? Caribou Club, yeah. Well, I don't, well, I don't know. I was never invited in. You have to be a member there. And I got in well, there quite one time. honestly. I don't think I had the cake to be a member of the Caribou Club. Probably still don't have the cake to be a member of the Caribou Club. You know, quick stories. We should do Aspen stories sometime. So <laughs> I to supplement my <laughs> yeah. meager income in television at the time, uh-huh. I got a job training people at the Aspen Club, the famous Aspen Club. and Like, um, like personal training? Yeah. Okay. And there were, if you thought you saw somebody like, that looks like it was them. Right. Mm -hmm. As opposed to like when you walk down most streets and you go, hey, that looks like, but it's probably not them. Right. Right. It was them. It was them. I remember one time walking in the weight room and I see this guy doing lat pull downs in, um, you know, a muscle shirt. Right. And I'm like, this guy's gigantic. (laughs) And so I kind of like moseyed my way around, pretend I'm doing something to, to move around to see, you know, who it was. It was Arnold. Really? Yeah. Did you say hi? No, I never said hi. I, uh, Maria Shriver, um, you know, was in there because they used to go to Aspen. Yeah, used to hoop with Reggie Jackson when he would come to town. Yeah, uh, Martina had a regular game. Right. We, yeah, Martina was a phenomenal athlete. Yeah, used to see her and Chris Everett because did I ever tell the story on there? Her and Chrissy. People didn't realize were really, really good friends. I didn't know that because I always thought they were rivals. Obviously, well, they were. On they the were court. the two best yeah. players in the world for a long period of time. Yeah. But they were very close friends. Mm. And Chris had just, when I lived up there, Chris had, Chrissy had, I'm saying like I know her. I mean, I'd interview her. I don't know her. But she had just gotten divorced from John Lloyd. Remember, it was Chris Everett Lloyd. Mm -hmm. And over the holidays, Christmas and New Year's, she went to stay with Martina and kind of to get away from everything. And Martina introduced her to Andy Mill. Andy was a downhill racer on the U.S. ski team, late 60s, early 70s, 
uh, an Aspen native, great guy. One of those dudes, like even guys go, man, he's a good looking guy, right? Yeah. And he would always kind of like teach the, the select, you know, the, the famous person how to ski and ski with him. So he ends up, you know, kind of teaching Chrissy how to ski. They hit it off. Fast forward, they end up getting married and they have kids together. They've since gotten divorced, but they were married for a long time. And that happened um, because Chrissy was visiting Martina. Hmm. And and that's where she met Andy. And I would be in the club, and they'd be playing. They'd be drilling each other. They'd be you know just hitting. And you're watching the two best players, not only in the world then, but mm-hmm. the two of the three or four or five greatest female tennis players of all time. And you could just stand there and watch them hit. You know, at eight o'clock at night uh, at the Aspen Club. It's pretty wild. That is awesome. Yeah. Lifestyles of the rich and famous. So again, as we talk about this last podcast of 2019, I think it's a good time to kind of take a look at the local sports teams and go, okay, in this, in 2019, which athletes got us going, got some reaction from us, which athletes, um, I guess, were we proud of or thought they had a, a pretty good performance? So let's, let's just go through the sports teams for the Broncos. I will take ownership. I did not think Philip, remember this? I did not think Philip Lindsay was going to have another season like he had last year. And I was wrong. Philip had a great, he ends up going over a thousand yards. Yeah. Was first back ever undrafted, undrafted. to have back to back thousand yard ever. seasons. In, yeah. In, in the NFL. Two years. Yeah. Pretty yeah. awesome. Pretty yeah. awesome. And, and we're proud of him. I think everybody is. Denver South product, stayed at home, tremendous career up in Boulder. Good for him. I, it's hard to argue with that. I'm going to go with the guy we were talking about earlier. Drew Locke, he's energized. Uh, he's energized Broncos country. It came late. Everybody was saying, you know, John Elway screwed up again. He drafted a quarterback that can't play. He, you know, they're not even going to activate him. And he has given this franchise new life. Mm, okay, Nuggets. I'm going to go not with a player. I'm going to go with Michael Malone. I've always been a big Michael Malone fan. He gets a contract extension. I love how he deals with the players. He is he is brutally honest. He will critique, but he will also congratulate. He will also support. I think he is the coach for this franchise. I I love Michael Malone. I'm with you. No argument there. I would uh, you know I'll go player, and and it's easy to gravitate toward Jokic because he night in and night out, should have the biggest impact uh, on the game. And the Nuggets, as we tape right now, are, are in a really good place. Need probably greater consistency from Jokic. Um, but, you know, he had the biggest impact based on on you, you, your prefacing of the question. He had the biggest impact in terms of on the floor in 2019. Did you see Charles Barkley's comments? The Nuggets, it was a couple days ago, and gosh darn it, they... Lost on national TV. Who did they lose well, to? Well, he was basically calling them, I don't want to say frauds. I don't want to put Kinda. words in, but he was basically saying, you know what? They they haven't lived up to the billing yet. Right. Second in the West, chasing the Lakers by a couple games. They're on national television. They get a Christmas game. And you lose to the Pelicans at right. home. It was That's Orleans. terrible. It's terrible. Inexcusable. Inexcusable. I think they're going to be okay. They have to be, it's, it, it's strange to say this because they can score, but... And I don't want to point at one guy, but Murray has to be a more consistent shot maker for me. Mm-hmm. They have they have droughts. They let teams back in games. I've been to a few games this year where I was at the, the Knicks game a week and a half ago. They're blowing the Knicks out. You think they're going to win by 30. Next thing you know, it's like the Knicks take the lead. Where'd you get the tickets from? 
What's that? Where'd you get the tickets from? Why didn't you let me know? Because you weren't invited. That's not very nice. Sitting courtside. You don't like Were you really? Courtside. Yeah, a buddy of mine took care of me. Yeah. I'm impressed. My man, Scott Sparks. I don't know Scott, but Scott, call me. Um, Avalanche. I'm always going to go with Gabe Landeskog. I really am. I think I he's growing it. into... So I was covering the team when he first came, when he was 18, became captain at 19, 19 years old. Milan Hayduk passed the torch. Talk about somebody that has grown into that role, not only the role as captain, but grown into a very good player. We always knew that Gabe's going to be very good. Is he always is he going to be the best player on the team? No. And I think that we, you know, that's for the Nathan McKinnons. Maybe one day that's for the Kale McCars. But he is always going to be one of the upper echelon players. But what a, what a, you can't, what a captain. You can't ask for anything more than Gabe. I don't know. You know Gabe because you covered him. I, yeah. I don't know Gabe Landeskog. I follow them closely because I love the Avalanche. Uh, my son, my middle son in particular, Zach, is a loony bin for the Avalanche. I love Gabe Landeskog. One of my all-time favorite players in any sport was Mark Messier because Mark Messier was a tough leader. I mean, he I remember always having this conversation back when he was playing. One of the great leaders in any sport I've ever seen. Gabe Landeskog, I, I tweeted this out. It was about a week or so ago. He drops the gloves with somebody. Mm-hmm. Do you see he will that? back it up. He mm-hmm. will back it up. He'll do. And it's not. He's not a goon. Obviously, Mm-mm. he's a he's a goal scorer. He's he does whatever's necessary. Um, he is one of the best leaders in any sport we've seen in the last twenty years in Denver. Hundred percent. I I can't tell you how much I admire that guy. And your choice on the Avs. I'm really excited about Kale McCarr. And when he was out of the lineup for, you know, about 10 days, there was a difference in how the Avalanche played. And the Avalanche, if if they get great goaltending and they've had pretty solid goaltending so far with their tandem, I, I you could see the Avs because it happens in hockey. The Avs, the Avs will compete for a Stanley Cup championship, not only this year, but in ensuing years. And a major, major part of that is Makar. It's very unusual for a young defenseman uh, to become elite mm-hmm. um, as a young defenseman. He has already. Um, and again, as I just said, when he was out of the lineup, there was a difference. His ability to move the puck, his ability to clear the zone, his ability to jump in on a play, his ability to, to captain uh, power play. This is a unique, unique talent who is obviously way mature beyond his years, kind of like Landis Scott when he was a captain at 19. Can I tell you a story, a kind of a side note about this organization, about the organization? Adam- organization about we're talking hockey still we're talking hockey organization it's the organization so we hear a lot about teams always say that they're do things in the community and they love the community i have to tell you the story that just happened that i i have always known that the abs are a classy organization but man drew this this put it over the top this is um i i was so touched by this so as you know i work at adams county fire rescue there's um a firefighter that went on a call, a crew went on a call, and it's um, a nine-year-old boy, Caden, and he has terminal cancer. And he's um, he's not in good shape. And, and Mike Eason, who's the firefighter, really connected with this kid. So he would go back and he would visit Caden and his family. Caden is in home hospice right now. And so I – and he's a huge Avs fan, a huge Rockies fan. And I called um, 
John Martineau from the Avs. And I said, John, I would never do this, but this is a special circumstance. Is there any way that, that we can bring Caden down? John says, what day do you want to come down? How soon do you want to come down? How can we help? Which is a, a big deal, right? But, to, but that doesn't surprise no. me, Vijani. So then Deb Dowling from the Avs, who's a community, um, she's a vice president at Cronky Sports, does community relations. She says, you know what? We're going to donate a suite, a catered suite to Caden and his family and the firefighters. That's very rare, just so everybody knows out there that we, I didn't ask. She just came up with it. Um, Caden was too sick to come down. So I ran into Charlotte, who works for the Avs. She says, oh, Joe, Joe was going to come by. Joe Sackick was going to come by and say hi to Caden. She runs back. She goes, she brings a um, Sackick jersey to have Joe sign. Joe signs it to give to Caden. Okay. So they were also going to announce on the, um, during the game that Caden was there. So they're very touched now that Caden's too sick to go. Then I get another call from the Avs, um, from Kristen Gentry. In, in the suites. And she said, you know what? We're going to have Bernie come and we're going to have Bernie go up and visit Caden. I mean, they are pulling out all the stops. And you just, I had to tell that story because yeah. you hear so much about, sometimes it's a little cliche. They went above and beyond for this little yeah. nine-year-old who's in home hospice. Yeah. So I needed to share that. Yeah, I'm glad you did. I'm yeah. glad you did. And <sighs> puts everything in perspective. It does. Yeah. It really does. Um, okay. So now that I just really... Well, brought a, a real no, moment. No, I mean, uh, I'm glad you told that story. Yeah. I'm glad you told that story. So when we come back, we are going to finish off our 2019 from, we'll do it from the Rockies. We'll talk about that. But first, let's talk a little bit about one of our sponsors, Ideal Home Loans, which is near and dear to our hearts. Absolutely. Because Ideal's been with us uh, from day one. Uh, we keep saying that interest rates are phenomenal right now. And you want to align with a company that is Terrific. We, we talk about excellence in sports. We talk about great leadership with Gabe Landeskog and down the road with a, with a Kale McCarr. Um, they're a leader in their industry. Ideal Home Loans are reachable at uh, 303-867-7000, 303-867-7000. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. They don't hand those things out. You have to earn it. And they have earned it for a number of years. They began in 2001. They're the preferred mortgage provider of the Colorado Rockies, and they have been the last uh, several years. So if you're in the market either for a new loan, uh, you're buying a new house, you want to consolidate debt, you would be foolish not to give them a call because they will earn your business. Again, it's Ideal Home Loans, Brent Ivinson's company, 303-867-7000, 303-867-7000, Ideal Home Loans. So from the Rockies, who would be your players? For me, the player that I enjoyed watching the most, and don't look at me like I'm a crazy lady, which you do usually, mm -hmm. I love what Scott Oberg did this season. I know it's not the sexiest pick because I know, you know, there's a Trevor's and Nolan's Scott Oberg. There was a time where everybody was wanted to run Scott Oberg out of town. That bullpen was terribly inconsistent last year, but you could count on Scott Oberg and he may be the closer. I, I, I enjoyed watching him. I love Scott Oberg. He's, um, he, he's a deep thinker. So I enjoy talking to him just in general about mm -hmm. stuff that maybe has nothing to do with baseball. Um, and he's overcome some things in terms of, um, you know the blood clots now twice in his uh, in his career, and he's it, that's a good pick. You mm -hmm. know what? It, 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 yeah, is it is it the first guy you you'd gravitate to normally? No. So the easy one to go to is guys on the left side of the infield. I mean, yeah. Nolan. You talk about consistency, and I, I think years from now we'll step back and go, my goodness, 
from the day he entered the major leagues, Nolan Arenado, unbelievable elite consistency on both sides of the baseball. I've said it many times. He is on a Hall of Fame trajectory. And I hope Larry Walker gets in, and we'll talk more about that in coming weeks. I hope Todd Helton one day gets in. Mm-hmm. But Nolan Arenado, um, you know, he, he's probably, Julie, three more years of what he's done away from, you could say, hey, if, and I hope it doesn't happen, if his career ended, you know, three years from today, you'd say, yeah, he probably is a Hall of Famer. Oh, yeah. Ten, ten years of 10 gold gloves, maybe the greatest defense at third base we've ever seen. 35-plus home runs, 115-plus RBIs every single year. Special, special talent. So we're talking about the Colorado Rockies. I think uh, lately a lot of people have been doing the Rockies all-decade team since we're just about to go into 2020. We're not going to do the all-decade team at every position, but I'm going to give you three. You get three players from 2010 to 2020. Who are you taking? Well, Nolan's got to be one, mm-hmm. right? We just talked about that. You're not going to be surprised by somebody else I'll pick because love this guy. He's one of the all-time favorites from a fan perspective. He certainly is one of the all-time favorites from a, a broadcaster, media, people like yourself who covered the Rockies, Carlos Gonzalez. And you also you know, ha- had great impact. 2010, the first year right of the decade. Mm-hmm. He was third in the MVP voting. He was the player's choice major league player of the year. And, you know, batting title, he had 40 plus home runs in a different season. So he he would be he would be on that list for me. And then I'm I'm there's a lot of candidates. And you can't go wrong with Charlie Blackman. How do you go? Come on, you can't go wrong with like Chuck Nasty, right? Right. You know, Tulo, the first part of the decade, Trevor, the back part of the decade. You know, Trevor will probably be part of that the next decade. Would you take Tulo or would you take Trevor for this decade? You know, I'm so much in the moment now, and I don't want to dismiss, and I have great respect for how hard Tulo played and how impactful he was. And unfortunately, um, he got hurt, and he he just he couldn't overcome those injuries ultimately. Mm -hmm. But I'm I'm going to take Trevor right now because Trevor. As great a player as Tula was, Trevor is going to have an even better career. He runs better, um, you know, similar pop, if not greater pop, phenomenal defensively as Tula was. So I'm going to go with Trevor. The third guy I'm going to pick to your long-winded answer to your question mm-hmm. is DJ LeMahieu. Mm. Batting title, extraordinary defense, gold glove defense consistently every year at second base, and the the quiet toughness that helped lead him to the postseason in his final two years in the Rockies uniform. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take DJ David John LeMahieu. He's one of my all-time favorites. I can't argue with that. Uh, any New Year's resolutions? I'm big on not making New Year's resolutions because if you have to always um, you know, kind of restock the cabinet on January 1st and go, uh-huh. I'm going to do this, that, and the other thing, and most people have blown it out by January 12th. So I just saw a study that only 8% of people keep their New Year's resolutions. For how long? For the whole year or for like a month? That's a great question. Most of the questions that I ask you are great. <laughs> right. I mean, really like follow through, I guess. I don't know how long. Do you make New Year's? I don't, I don't make New Year's resolutions. I probably should. Mm-hmm. There's a long list of 
crap I need to change, <laughs> as you know, or you remind me frequently. <laughs> I don't anymore. I used to. But I'm just, you know, I would say that I'm just trying to like and enjoy. I'm just trying to enjoy it. Try right? to- Try to hook up with another guy named Whiskey Joe. What was that guy's name? It's again? Whiskey Dog. Whiskey Dog. We you should try met. and track down Whiskey Dog and get him on the podcast. How would you even begin to? Hey, were you, you in a green the corner <laughs> bar? Went by Whiskey Dog eighteen years ago in Steamboat. You just gave me some homework. You're gonna track down Whiskey Dog. Hey, real quick, because we we're talking about great moments of the of the past year as mm-hmm. we close out 2019. You know what? moment moved me the most from a sports standpoint. What's up? It wasn't a local story. It was Tiger Woods winning the Masters and seeing the mass of people following. They they did it at East Lake the previous year when he won the tour championship. But seeing him come all the way back, yeah. this transcendent figure who had been otherworldly and then knocked down in the dirt, mm-hmm. as we all know, Come back amid, you know, after all of the operations and the back, and the we're never going to see him again. The addictions, we're never going to see him at that level again. Mm-hmm. And he friggin' wins the Masters. Yeah, that's tough to beat. And and all those people following him. Yeah, I mean, if you, I'm sorry, if the hair wasn't standing up on your arms and the back of your neck at that mm-hmm. point in time, you better be, go head to the hospital. Something's wrong. Yeah, I mean, that's a good one. That's a great one, yeah. actually. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go. I'm just going to jump on board. Drew, happy new year. Happy new year. This has been a good year, and we will see you uh, in 2020. We'll see you in 2020. Whiskey Dog.